Genesis chapter 41, verse 38. Genesis chapter 41, verse 38. Genesis 41, 38. Father, shout a big hallelujah. You don't need to go far to see Genesis. It's the beginning of the Bible. And Pharaoh said unto his servants, Can we find such a one as this, in whom the Spirit of God is? Can we find such a man as this, in whom the Spirit of God is? That's a very, very important question. This morning we started looking at a topic we call the Holy Spirit in action. And there are three things I want us to take note of in discussing the Holy Spirit in action. Number one, we said he was there at creation. Number two, we said creation is by the spoken word. And so the word you speak must create and not destroy and number three, we say God hates stagnation. And that's why the introdu our introduction to the Holy Spirit in Genesis chapter 1 verse 2 tells us that he was doing what? He was moving. He was moving. The Holy Spirit is never stagnant. He was moving. And we continue to build upon where we started by looking at, I mean, by, by saying this afternoon, the first uh, uh, our point on the Holy Spirit is that the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit is what? The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of God. Very important. As we go on in these stories, we find out that there are so many names given to the Holy Spirit in the Bible. In fact, when you get to the New Testament, you don't the, the word Holy Spirit is not common in the New Testament. What you see is Holy Ghost. But that is for a later date. He's the Spirit of God. Now, what is significant about this Spirit of God? We're going to be spending some time looking at this. The first thing we need to note about this is that the Spirit of God dwells in man. And when he does, others see. And there is a manifestation. The Spirit of God does what? Dwells in man. So if you are a child of God, the Spirit of God dwells in you. So tell somebody this afternoon that the Spirit of God dwells in me. And remember I said that when he does, others see and there is a manifestation. That's why we read the story of uh, I mean, the, 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 the statement that Pharaoh made concerning Joseph. Can we find any other person like this? A man in whom the Spirit of God dwells. That's very important. What are some manifestations of the Spirit of God in the life of Joseph? We'll see that God gave him a gift. 
And that gift related to his ability to interpret dreams. The Spirit of God in Joseph enabled him to, first of all, interpret his own personal dreams. So Joseph knew he had a glorious future. How many people here know they have a glorious future? I know I have a glorious future. I know my future is glorious. That's why my future is glorious. That's why my future is great. And that includes the oldest person here and the youngest. Is that not so? Now, how did Joseph know that he had a glorious future? Because Joseph had a dream. He had a dream. In Genesis 37, verse 5 to 8, the Bible says he had a dream. And he told this dream to his brethren. What was the dream? Himself and his brothers were binding ships in the field. His ship arose and stood upright. And the ships of his brothers round about were paying, made obeisance to his own ship. They were bowing to his own ship. And his brethren, rather than think of this, as God lifting this young man up, they became angry. They became envious. That was what led to them throwing him in the pit and eventually selling him into slavery. They actually wanted to kill him. Brethren, when men begin to envy you, it's because God has lifted you up. But, but, anyone that envies you can kill you. Are you with me this afternoon? Whosoever envies you can do what? Can kill you. It's a two-edged sword. And that's why you must stand. The Bible says we must stand. Having done all, do what? Stand. Stand where? Stand in the grace of God. Stand in the word of God. Stand in the protection of God. Don't be found wanting in the presence of God. And then Joseph added what we call in my, in my country, he added salt to injury. He had a second dream. His brothers were already challenging him. How can you say we are going to bow down to you? Then he had a dream again in Genesis 37, verses 9 to 11. I said, I have another dream. The sun, the moon, and 11 stars made obeisance to me. <laughs> in the first instance, it was the sheaves of his brethren that were bowing down to him. He went a step further. The sun, the moon, and 11 stars. What does the sun represent in this instance? No, the sun was bowing down to him. What does the sun represent? His father and the moon, his mother, and 11 stars, his brothers. Joseph had personal dreams. He knew what it meant. And these dreams kept him going. You are here today. God has given you some dreams. And you are beginning to wonder, will it come to pass? I have a word for you. It shall come to pass. Amen. Joseph refused to lose uh, uh, confidence in what God had revealed to him. 
even when it looked impossible. Because the second thing that happened to Joseph is, not only did he interpret his own dreams, what did he do? He, he graduated to interpreting the dreams of Pharaoh, I mean, fellow prisoners, Pharaoh's butler and baker. So first he interpreted his own dreams, and he knew that his future was settled. I want to tell someone here today, your future is settled. Amen. It doesn't matter what you go through, your future is settled. Amen. Just look at the case of Joseph. It's not that they will not try to kill you. They tried to kill him, but he was unkillable. That's my message for someone here today. You are unkillable. Amen. That's what the, I, am unkillable. I am unkillable. It does not matter what the enemy tries. God is leading you through this journey. As part of the journey, he ended up in the prison. But even in the prison, Joseph was still interpreting dreams. And that's why he, 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 he interpreted the dreams of the baker and the butler. Genesis chapter 40, verse 5. Tells us that they dreamed a dream, both of them. Each man his dream in one night. Each man according to the interpretation of his dream. The butler and the baker of the king of Egypt, which were bound in the prison. They both had their dreams the same night. And of course they woke up. And they didn't know the, the meaning. When you go to eight, verses 8 to 13, you see where they told Joseph their dreams. And he began to interpret those dreams. First, he interpreted the dream of the, of the butler. And when the baker saw that the interpretation of the dream of the butler was good, he said, ah, I will tell you my own too. Expecting a good interpretation. Unfortunately for him, while the dream of the butler shows that within three days, he will be restored to his position. The dream of the baker showed that within three days, what will happen to him? He will be killed. And as Joseph interpreted, so it came to pass. God operating in his life. But the Bible says that the, the, the butler who was restored forgot about Joseph. You know what the Bible says? It says, woe unto him. That does what? That puts his trust in man. You are here. Your trust is in any man. The Bible says what? Woe unto you. Tell somebody, God forbid. If your trust is in man, the man that you trust can sleep today and he won't wake up. True or false? I've told us the story here of this great man of God. He's been to this church when we were at 250 Bayview. He was a renowned prophet. God shows him many things. Nobody will ever believe that that man could die at 50 whatever. 50 what? 55. The day he died, it was a surprise to everybody. How is that possible? How is it possible that this man, that God reveals himself unto, I mean, like water, he was a true man of God. How can he die at the age of 55? He didn't have a... Armed robbers did not shoot him. 
Whatever bodily ailment killed him, I don't know. But the man died. Brother, that is God for you. Because woe unto him. That does what? If your trust is in one prophet or the other, that prophet will die. Whether you like it or not. And when he dies, what happens? Nowhere to go. There is a book called the Bible. The Bible is the revelation of God. If you make up your mind to know the word of God and you dwell upon it, God will lead you. See, there are some dreams you have that you forget. Or we can even pray that you will be remembering your, dream, your dreams. But the dream of destiny you are going to have, when you wake up, you will remember. Amen. When you have a dream of destiny, a dream whereby God is saying, this is the way, this is the next thing I want to do for you in your life. When you wake up, you do what? You will remember. You remember. And not only will you remember, come to pass. Joseph expected the butler to go and tell the king that there's a young man in prison. He was wrongly in prison. The butler, like one of us would say, ah, uh, I mean, uh, he has tried, but uh, I can't lose my job because of him and all that stuff. He forgot him. But God was working things out. And I know someone here today for whom God is working things out. I said, God is working things out. And so it came to pass after two years. We saw the third dream that Joseph interpreted. That was the last dream he interpreted, at least that we know of. The dreams of Pharaoh himself. Genesis 41 verse 1. And it came to pass at the end of two full years that Pharaoh dreamed and behold, he stood by the river. When Pharaoh woke up, he remembered his dreams. His problem was not remembering the dreams like Nebuchadnezzar. His problem was what? Interpretation of the dreams. The whole book of Genesis 41 is devoted to that. Then the butler said, I remember my error. What if Joseph had died in prison? All he could say it was his error. But God was in charge. I want to tell someone here today, your time will not pass you by. When your time comes, it doesn't depend on man. It depends on God. The Bible says the hearts of kings and princes are in whose hands? In God's hands. Your progress, your success is not in the hand of your boss. It's the hand of God. And he will bring it to pass in Jesus' name. They went. They brought Joseph from the prison. Pharaoh told him his two dreams. And Joseph said, in verse 26, the dream of Pharaoh is one. God had shown Pharaoh what he is about to do. God will reveal himself unto you. Amen. I said, God will reveal himself unto you. Amen. I said, God will reveal himself unto you. Amen. He said, he had, the dreams were troubled because the things God wanted to do were imminent. When you go to Genesis chapter 41, verse 32 to verse 38, and then Joseph said, what I will advise the king, get a man who is wise, who can do one, two, three, four. He gave Pharaoh the solution. And after he had finished, that was when Pharaoh made that statement. This man knew the dream. 
interpreted it, told us how to do it, and said we should get a man. Say, where, which man are we looking for? Can we get any other man like this? In whom the Spirit of God is? When the Spirit of God dwells in man. And when the Spirit of God is in you, He transforms your life. He changes your situation. He makes you a different person. It ensures that what men have said about you is turned around. Before that day, Joseph was an ordinary prisoner. What happened to him that day? He became the prime minister of Egypt. I have a word for someone here today. Your promotion has come. Amen. I said your promotion has come. Amen. God is lifting you up. And when God lifts you up, you know what? Nobody can pull you down. From the dungeon, from the prison of forgetfulness, Joseph was brought up. And when he was, when he was brought out, his story changed. There was a position that never existed before Joseph and never existed after Joseph. The uh, prime minister or premier, whatever you call it, the prime minister of Egypt, there was no such position before him. And after him, there has been no such position. Among the kings of Egypt, God can create a position for you because your time has come. The Bible says, Thou shalt arise and have mercy upon Zion for the time to favor her. The set time is come. The time to favor someone here has come. The time to lift you up has come. Because the Holy Spirit in action, He dwells in you. He dwells in you. And when He dwells in you, He turns your situation around. When He dwells in you, He does impossible things in your life. When He dwells in you, He takes you for where men have put you, and they have made up their mind that this one forget about him. This one forget about her. And he says, no, I'm not true with you. I'm not true with you. That's the word of God for someone here today. God is not true with you. I say, God is not true with you. I say, God is not true with you. And your testimony will be glorious. It shall come to pass in Jesus' name. Our time is fast spent. We are going to stop there. Like I said, it's a series on the Holy Spirit in action. And as we continue to look at the Holy Spirit in action, oh, he will begin to move in the life of someone. Amen. There will be glorious testimonies. Amen. And yours will not be an exception. Amen. I say yours will not be an exception. Amen. You will testify of his goodness in Jesus' name.